Welcome. Welcome to Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. We have a good lesson today. If this is your first time coming to the channel, coming to the program, here we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video by Wednesday of every week. So last week we were on Exodus chapter 28 where we covered uh, about the priests, the priest garments, the special clothing that the priests had to wear. And we talked about how um, everything that God puts in the Bible means something. And the fact that those clothes, the garments that the priests wore actually had meaning to it. And I, as I mentioned to you before, there are secrets and mysteries in the Bible. Even in something that seemed to be so simple as what the priests wore, there was messages in everything that he had on. So it's, it's almost like God um, had secret coding in the Old Testament. But you got to have eyes to see it and you got to seek it out. Uh, the scripture that I wrote down, and I'm, I've been using that scripture in Proverbs 25, 2, that says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out the matter. The kings and queens he's talking about is you and I. It's our honor to search out the matter. So, and, and it's like that, that scripture that says, Asking you shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be opened unto you. So if we're asking to know more about him, he is going to reveal himself to us, amen, and give us revelation. So that's why we're studying um, the Old Testament because it's relevant. The Old Testament speaks of, points to Jesus. It points to the final uh, plan was for Jesus to come and redeem the whole world. And this uh, that we're going through in the tabernacle and what we're going to learn about the priests and just the whole journey of the children of Israel is leading up to our redemption story. It's telling our redemption story. Amen. So, amen. Let's just uh, start with a word of prayer. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, that you have redeemed us by your own son, that you came, hallelujah, that you came here to redeem us, that you loved us so much that you came down on earth in the form of Jesus, to redeem us. Father, we're so grateful. We give you the glory. We magnify you. Where would we be without you? Lord, we honor you on today. We ask that you would come in today as we study your word and give us revelation. And we're careful to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's a lot of truths here that we're going to search out. Amen. Doesn't say that God's going to show everything to us, but he will He'll reveal bits and pieces. And uh, how do you know when, when the Holy Spirit has enlightened you and shown you something? Because you read that before, and all of a sudden it's like, it makes sense to you. Oh, is that what that means? And that's just an indication that uh, you've been enlightened. Amen. Amen. So um, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 29, where we're going to talk about the dedication of the priests. Last week we talked about his clothing. Um, now we're going to talk about how they need to be dedicated because God is using these priests to teach his people how to worship him, how he needs to be worshiped. Remember, he talk, we talked about the tabernacle and the uh, different pieces that were in the tabernacle because God said he wanted them to build him a tabernacle so that he can come down and live with his people. He wants to have fellowship with us. This is what this whole thing is all about. So that's what we're learning about what it takes to approach God is what he's teaching the children of Israel right now. And, and mind you, they're still at Mount Sinai. 
They uh they started out when, when they left Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and now they've been camped here at Mount Sinai for, for a little while while God is giving them instructions and teaching them how to be a nation. Amen. So, amen. Let's start in the 29th chapter of Exodus. Verse 1, it says, this is the ceremony you must follow when you consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Take a young bull, and, and, and as we get into this, it might be a little technical, but hang with me because there are some things that we want to see in this, okay? We're going we're gonna to pull out some nuggets out of this. He says, this is a ceremony you must uh, follow when you consecrate, consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Take a young bull and two rams with no defects. Then using choice wheat flour and no yeast, make loaves of bread, thin cakes mixed with olive oil and wafers spread with oil. Place them all in a single basket and present them at the entrance of the tabernacle along with the young bull and the two rams. So, so far we, we know the dedication is going to consist of them taking a, a, a bull that they're going to sacrifice and two rams, along with uh, some bread that they're going to be baking and bread and, bread and wafers that is going to be mixed with olive oil. <clears throat> Verse four, present Aaron and his sons at the entrance of the tabernacle and wash them with water. So here's, here's one of the procedures. They got to be washed. Dress Aaron in his priestly garments and Aaron's priestly garments remember were different from um from the other um priests he had some clothing was a little bit different just want to put that up there so you remember what Aaron's clothing looked like and I'm sorry I should have had that <laughs> had that ready for you because this is what the the priests wore that were not the high priests Okay, they, they had simple armors on. They had the tunic and they had the sash and the uh, the headgear. But Aaron had uh, a lot more, uh, his clothes was more beautiful and more, uh, he had a lot more that he had to wear than they wore. This is only what the high priest wore. Just want to make sure you remember what that looked like. That's the high priest garments. So he had to, uh, the Lord is telling Moses to uh, present Aaron and his sons and enter the tabernacle, wash them, and dress Aaron and in his priestly garments, which you see right there. The tunic, the robe, worn with the ephod, the ephod itself, and the chest piece. Then wrap the decorative sash of the ephod around him. Place a turban on his head and fasten the sacred medallion to the turban. The medallion is that um, sign that he had on his head that says, uh, holy to the Lord. Number, verse 7. Then anoint him. He's talking about Aaron. Then anoint him by pouring the anointing oil over his head. And I want you to take note of that because the other priests didn't get the oil poured on their head, but Aaron is getting oil poured on his head as the high priest. Verse 8. Next present his sons. And dress them in their tunics. Wrap the, wrap, wrap the sashes around the waist of Aaron and his sons. And put their special head coverings on them. Then, and I showed you that picture of them. It's very simple with the tunic. 
That's Aaron's, that's what the sons were going to wear. So then the right, okay, after you do all that, after you get all these clothes on, it said, then the right to the priesthood will be theirs by law forever. In this way, you will ordain Aaron and his sons. So this is a way of him ordaining Aaron and his sons. So we're not finished yet. So, so, so far we have it. They've, they've been washed. They've been, that he's telling them to be clothed. And actually these are instructions. This is not happening right now. Right now, God is giving Moses instructions on how he's going to dedicate the priests. A few chapters uh, down, we're going to actually read how Moses followed all these directions. So he's basically getting directions right now. And he said, then right, then the right to priesthood, when you finish clothing them and washing them and all that, will be theirs by law forever. In this way, you will ordain Aaron and his sons. Verse 10, bring the young bull to the entrance of the tabernacle. Remember, he had to bring a bull and two rams. So he said, bring the young bull to the entrance of the tabernacle where Aaron and his sons will lay their hands on his head and then slide the bull in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. Now, the purpose of them laying their hands on the head of the bull was for transference. This bull is, is going to be a, a substitute for Aaron and his sons. So they're going to lay their hands on his head, transferring their guilt. So it's like they're confessing their sins and they're putting their sins on this bull. So he transferring their guilt to the bull. Verse 11, then slide the bull in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. Verse 12, put some of his blood on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour out the rest at the base of the altar. Now, the reason why, remember the, the altar, a burnt offering, if you remember we talking about it, it had four horns sticking out on the uh, four corners of the altar where they actually burnt the sacrifice. And uh, Moses told that he's going to put uh, blood on the on each one of those horns. And putting blood on the horns signify that their sins have been taken away. Their sins have been covered. They've been atoned for. And then it says... Um, Verse 13, take all the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and that's just part of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat around them and burn it all on the altar. Then take the rest of the bull, including its hide, its meat and dung, and burn it outside the camp as a sin offering. So this is an offering for their sin. This is the first uh, part of their dedication. You got to cleanse them from their sin. They got to confess their sins. Okay. And uh, notice that it said that uh, they have to take the bull, take the rest of the bull, including its hide and the meat and the dung, and burn it outside the camp. And that's significant because remember, Christ was cru crucified outside, outside of the city. And so they're taking it outside the camp and this bull is taking on the sins of the priest so that they can be dedicated and their sins be removed or be covered. Verse 15, next, Aaron and his sons must lay their hands on the head of one of the rams. Remember, they had two rams. So they're laying their, head on, their hands on one of the rams and again, transferring their guilt and then slaughter the, the ram and splatter his blood against all the sides of the altar. Cut the ram into pieces and wash off the internal organs and the legs. And, and I want you to think about too how involved this is 
and actually how messy it sounds. Uh, it doesn't sound like a pretty sight. And it's not supposed to because the wages of sin is death. Somebody has to die for your sins. Said, the scripture said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So death has to happen to cover our sins. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, a death, God had to cause a death to take place. He had to kill an animal so that he could clothe them with animal skins after they had sinned. So death is going to follow sin. If you're sinning, the wages of sin is death. The result of that is going to be death. Somebody's going to have to die to cover your sins. And thank God Jesus died to cover our sins. Verse 17, cut the ram into pieces and wash off the internal organs and the legs. Set them alongside the head and the other pieces of the body. Then burn the entire animal on the altar. This is a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, when, they, when you hear about a burnt offering, a burnt offering, the, everything has to be burnt up. The whole thing has to be burnt. Because some of the offerings, they were allowed to eat some of the meat. But this one had to be completely burnt. This is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. So with the, with the bull that they first, the first animal they sacrificed was the bull. And the bull was that completely covered their sins. Now here we have the second animal that they, uh, that their sins were put on is the ram. And this time with the rams, uh, I had on there, it was complete surrender because you, it, the whole animal was burnt up. The whole animal is devoured. It has to be has to be uh, sacrificed. And to, for us, that would rec recommend uh, represent our complete surrender. Uh, when we first come to the Lord, we confess our sins, and then the next step is to completely give your life over to Him. So this complete surrender. Verse nineteen. Now take the other ram. So now they got the second ram, and have Aaron and his sons lay their hands. On its head, again, like they did the other animals, transferring their guilt and their sin. But this time, then you're going to slaughter it, and you're going to apply some of its blood to the right earlobes of Aaron and his sons. Also put it on his thumbs, the right thumb, on his right hand, and the big toes of their right feet. So... Think about what that what that could possibly mean. Because what, what it spoke to me was that, you know, we hear with our ears. And the blood was applied to Aaron and his son's right ear. So our hearing is covered by the blood. We want the blood of Jesus to cover our hearing. We want to hear right. We want to only listen to his voice. Amen. Also, the blood was applied to the right thumb. And we know the thumb is part of the hand. What do you do? You do works with your hands. You, you do things with your hands. So all that we do as Christians has been, uh, the blood has been applied and we should do it as unto the Lord. Everything that we do, put our hands to do too, should be as unto the Lord, that God will bless it. And then the last part, he had them put uh, blood on the big toe of the right foot, signifying our walk. Oh, hallelujah. It's covered by the blood. We're just covered by the blood. Everything that we do, everything that we hear uh, as we walk before the Lord and do his bidding, walk before him, 
We are covered by the blood. And what does that signify? Walking before him as we live our life. We're covered by the blood. That doesn't mean we're perfect all the time. That doesn't mean that uh, we won't ever make mistakes, but we're covered by the blood. Past, present, and future. That if I do make a mistake, all I need to do is say, Father, forgive me. Lord, help me. Wash me and make me clean. I repent of my sin and he will forgive me. And, and that's all you need to do. If you sin, if you fall, Father, forgive me. But don't forget that part. Because sometimes we think we can just keep messing up and never repent. Never turn around. Never stop doing what we're doing. No, you're supposed to repent. Repent means you turn around. You have no, no uh, a desire to do that. You don't want to do it again. Because God knows your heart. Amen? But if we sin, if we should fall again... Thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who's always praying for us and interceding for us. So after he put the blood on the earlobe and on the, on the thumb and on the toe, it says he splattered the rest of the blood against all the sides of the altar. Then take some of the blood from the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his sons and on their garments. In this way, they and their garments will be set apart as holy. So you're consecrating them because the, the, the blood has been declared holy and now the, uh, the, the anointing oil that God told them how to put that oil together, that oil is going to declare them as holy. And it's not only on them, but it's on their garments as well. Verse 22. Since this is the ram of the ordination, and they're talking about that second ram, they call it the ram of the ordination, uh, since it's the ram of the ordination of Aaron and his sons, take the fat of the ram, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver. Again, that's part of the liver. And when you talk about the fat, uh, during, when I was doing research about this, uh, back in the day, fat is considered some of the, the, the most prized portion of the meat, like the best part of the meat. So when you're offering God the fat, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You're giving him your best. And people know we're supposed to give God our best. Uh, and the two, so take the long lobe of the liver and two kidneys and the fat around them along with the right thigh. Verse 23. Then take the round loaf of bread. So now they're bringing the bread and the cakes that they made. One thin cake mixed with olive oil and one wafer from the basket of bread without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. Verse 24, put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons to be lifted up as a special offering to the Lord. Now, when they said lift this up, um, when they did offerings, uh, oftentimes they, they, do, they would do a wave offering or they would do a, a heave offering. The heave offering, they would actually have the offering in their hand, the bread in their hand, and they would heave it like you're pushing it up to the Lord, like giving it to God, and then God gives it back to you. You're giving it to God, he gives it back to you. The way offering, they would have it in their hands and the priest had his, his hand on it as well and they would go from side to side kind of waving it to the Lord, still offering this to the Lord. Amen. Give you an idea of what they were doing. Verse 25. Afterward, take the various breads from their hands, it's the bread that they've waved, and burn them on the altar along with the burnt offering. It is a pleasing aroma to the Lord, a special gift for him. Then take the breast of Aaron's ordination ram, 
and lift it up to the Lord to the Lord's in the Lord's presence as a special offering to Him. So again, they're they're waving that meat before the Lord, giving it to the Lord. He's giving it back to them. Then keep it as your own portion. So actually, he's talking to Moses, and so he's telling Moses that he's going to be able to keep a portion of the meat because think about the priests are working. These priests did sacrifices all the time, or, or they will be doing sacrifices all the time. And so part of their pay, uh, as the scripture said, workman is worthy of his hire. Part of the, the pay for the priest is going to be some of the meat that the people bring in. The part that's not burnt, God is going to allow the priest to eat that as their salary kind of thing. Verse 27. Set aside the portions of the ordination ram that belonged to Aaron and his sons. So Moses just got a portion. This is the second ram. Remember the, fir the first ram they had to completely burn up. Now the second ram, portions of it look like they're going to be able to eat some of that. Set aside portions of the ordination ram that belonged to Aaron and his sons. This includes the breast and the thigh that were lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. In the future, whenever the people of Israel lift up a peace offering, a portion of it must be set aside for Aaron and his descendants. This is their permanent right, and it is a sacred offering from the Israelites to the Lord. So God's going to take care of his people. And what this should tell you that if you take care of God's people, God's going to take care of you. Now, Aaron and his sons were going to be working. The priests were going to be working, doing God's work. If you're doing God's work, you can believe God is going to look after you. Amen. He's going to make sure you are well taken care of. Verse 29, Aaron's sacred garments must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him. And they will wear them when they are anointed and ordained. Now, Aaron was the high priest. Not just anybody could be the high priest. You had to be a descendant of Aaron to be the high priest. And all his descendants were going to, uh, and he was only one high priest at a time. So all his descendants that became high priests would be wearing those same garments. Verse 30, the descendant who succeeds him as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle and the holy place. Verse 31. Take the ram used in the ordination ceremony, that's that second ram, and now you're going to boil its meat in a sacred place. When Aaron and his sons, then Aaron and his sons will eat this meat along with the bread in the basket at the tabernacle entrance. They alone may eat the meat and the bread used for their purification. In the ordination ceremony, no one else may eat them, for these things are set apart and holy. If any of the ordination meat or bread remains until the morning, look how, look how specific God was. If any of it remains to the morning, it must be burned. It may not be eaten, for it is holy. So only Aaron and his sons could eat the meat. It couldn't just be anybody coming in and just, and just have a feast. No. Because it's considered holy. Aaron and his sons have been consecrated and, and considered holy. And I just want to stress too that that word holy, sometimes we think holy means, you know, you're, you're floating on the clouds or something. Or you just, oh, you know, nobody can even talk to you that you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But holy simply means that you're set apart. That God sets you apart for himself. So technically, all Christians are considered holy. Yeah, think about that. You as a Christian, God has declared you as holy. Because you're set apart for him and for his bidding. Verse 35. 
This is how you will ordain Aaron and his sons to their offices, just as I have commanded you. The ordination ceremony will go on for seven days. So that's a long time. For seven days, they're going to be doing this ceremony. And remember, seven is the number of completion. Where we get that number from, usually the commentators get that from the fact that uh, the world was created in seven days. Completion. The work was done. So they're going to do this ceremony for seven days. The number of completion. And verse 36, each day you must sacrifice a young bull as a sin offering to purify them, making them right with the Lord. Afterward, cleanse the altar by purifying it, making it holy by anointing it with oil. So I'll tell you how he's going to cleanse the altar. When you purify the altar, verse 37, and consecrate it every day for seven days. Now, there's method to what he's telling them to do. He said, because after that, the altar will be absolutely holy. Now, they're talking about the brazen altar, the burnt offering that, that the people are going to bring all their sacrifices. Because remember, he's preparing the priests to represent the people to be able to help the people come when they are repenting of their sins, when they bring their animals in to repent for their sins. So anything that comes on that altar is going to be declared holy. After that, the altar will be absolutely holy and whatever touches it will become holy. Verse 38. These are the sacrifices you are to offer regularly on the altar each day. Now, this is going to be, um, he's not necessarily talking about the, the uh, consecration of the, of the priest now, but he's telling the priest some of their duties. This is what your duties are going to be once you become a priest. These are the sacrifices you are to offer regularly on the altar each day. Offer two lambs that are a year old, one in the morning and one in the evening. With one of them, offer two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of pure oil of pressed olives. Also, offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering, because they also poured wine on their offerings, uh, on some of them. Verse 41, offer the other lamb in the evening along the same offerings of flour with the same offerings of flour and wine as in the morning. It will be a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. So God's telling them from here on out, this is what your duties are going to be. Part of your duties is that you're going to offer two lambs a day, one in the morning and one in the evening. And they're going to offer this, uh, uh, the mixture of the flour along with it and the oil and the, and the wine. This is going to be something they're going to do for the rest of their days, he's telling me their duties, as long as, the, as long as the temple is there. Verse 42, these burnt offerings are to be made each day from generation to generation. Offer them in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance. There, now why is he telling them to offer this? Because it's a certain way you have to approach God. This is a holy God trying to deal with the unholy people. And he's, he's preparing it so that they can have fellowship with him. This is the way it's going to have to be done. Offer them in the Lord's presence, talking about those sacrifices, the two lambs, at the tabernacle entrance. And there I will meet with you and I will speak with you. So again, God's having them build this tabernacle because he wants to have fellowship with them. And he said, once you offer these two lambs, I'm going to be able to meet with you and speak with you. Verse 43, I will meet 
the people of Israel there in a place made holy by my glorious presence. Amen. Verse 44. Yes, I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar, and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. So God's got a master plan here. He's just telling Moses, you need to do all these things so that my master plan can be put in play. Because if you do this, I'll be able to come down and live amongst the people. I'll be able to fellowship with the people whom I love. Verse 45, then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God. And they will know that I am the Lord their God. So for God to say that, obviously he knows these people. And, and we've seen some of the some of the goose that they've made. They've been messing up and uh, complaining about stuff. And he said that he wants them to know that I am God. And he's going to show them that he's God. I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I am the Lord, their God. So God just wants us to know that because how many people know sometimes we forget who we serve. We forget who's responsible for our blessings. And then sometimes we're looking for the blessings and forget we need to go after the one that gives the blessings. You know, because God is right there to keep on blessing us. He is the, the one that gives the blessing. Amen. And that's who we should be seeking after and knowing that he alone is God. Everything that you, that you have, you have because of God. And sometimes we forget about that. So, amen, we're going to stop there. But I just want to uh, encourage you that if you have not accepted Christ into your heart, please do so today. Amen. Time is winding up. I, I know y'all think I sound like a broken record, but I have to say this because I'll be held accountable if I don't try and get you to uh, accept him into your heart. Amen. And it's, it's real simple. He don't ask you to come perfect. He knows your thoughts. He knows you've been slipping and sliding. He knows whatever's been going on. He knows we're not perfect, but he just wants a perfect heart. He just wants us to come to him and say, Father, forgive me. Wash me and make me clean. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And if you say a prayer that's similar to that, I guarantee you, wherever you are, he will come into your heart. You can be in your bedroom. You can be at your school, at your desk, at your job, wherever. With a sincere heart, he hears you. Amen. Amen. And also go on my channel, uh, Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. It's a YouTube channel. And there's a playlist I have on there called The Sinner's Prayer, where it gives you details about why you need Jesus. It'll explain to you and, and give you more information about your salvation experience. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start with a, uh, end with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. I just thank you for all those that have listened and all those that will listen. Lord God, I thank you for stirring up their hearts. Father, for giving us a hunger and a thirst for your righteousness. For giving us a hunger and a thirst for you, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for every household that is represented for all those needs out there, Lord God, that only you know about, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would bless your people. Father, do what only you can do in every single household. Father, and we just thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.